Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in to a Blissfully Balanced Life podcast. For those of you who are new here, I'm your host, Crystal Ray, and I am a certified health and fitness coach and Reiki healer. And I created this podcast to show you how to live a holistically healthy life while balancing everything else going on. What you can expect on this podcast are tips for your health, food, fitness, spirituality, mindset, motivation, inspiration, as well as experts sharing their knowledge with you. I am so excited to bring this content to you, so let's get started. Welcome to another episode of a Blissfully Balanced Life podcast. Today, our episode is sponsored by Art House Hotel, New York City, which boasts 291 guest rooms, free on-site restaurants, and nightly live entertainment in Manhattan's Upper West Side. Book your next stay at www.arthousehotelnyc.com or call in for group rates and events. So I am really excited today because I have Heather with us and she has a really unique story and two things that she does is like two of my favorite things ever. So I'm just gonna pass it over to her and let her introduce herself and maybe let me clarify what she used to do I really like and what she does now I really like. So yeah, this will be fun. This is great. (laughs) I'm Heather Carlucci. I'm a psychic medium and medical intuitive. Like, I would love to be a medical intuitive. Talk about dream career. So, I want to dive into how you got here, because I know before you were a chef. Yes, I was a chef and restaurateur for 30 years in New York City. Okay. And I always had this gift. Um, Some people don't like to call it a gift, but I'm not really sure what else to call it. Okay. Um, Lots of people have it. I think everybody has it. I just came to a part of my life where I could not deny it anymore. Okay. So... First off, let's break down what mediumship is, or sure. like what it means to be that, and also what it means to be a medical intuitive. Okay. Um, just in case some of the my listeners don't really know what those two things are. Sure. So actually, when I do a reading, I always start the reading with a moment to sort of say, just to let you know what's going to happen in the next hour, because I don't use any tools that you can see. I don't use cards or anything like that. And I always say, I can hear, feel, and see the spirits that come in with you, as well as my own. Of the eight clair senses, I have all eight. No way. And on the other, yeah, it gets busy. And on the <laughs> other side of that, I'm a medical intuitive. Okay. So what does it I mean? So as a medical intuitive, you're capable of getting... What, the way I see things is I can, I can sort of read your body, or I can read your body. It looks much like as close as I can say to an x-ray, Okay. only with your organs and your tissue and everything else. Uh-huh. And I manifest it both physically so I can feel where it is on you and mm-hmm. how painful it is, okay. as well as hearing what I need to hear as what I'm correlating to what I'm seeing. Oh my goodness. And, I can, and I, as I read, I begin to be able to dig down enough to see where this issue came from. Why do you have weakness in this part of your body? What triggered it? And where did it start from originally? Because when you're sick, it never really starts from what you think it is. Right. Yeah. Right. And so do you believe that the emotions is kind of where it all begins and then it manifests physically? Or do you think that sometimes we just have physical things? For a majority of things. I mean, you know, accidents, of course not. But also how we recover very much has to do with where our emotions are during that time. I would like to also state to that that there is no perfect way of recovery, no matter how healthy your brain and heart Okay. at all so we look for perfection in these things and there's no such thing right. so there's no there's no clear way of getting out of life without any trauma no matter well, how perfect <laughs> you make it it is 
part of the human experience. <laughs> right. We are messy, messy beings. The, the need for perfection, especially in health, is really very loose at best. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, anyway. That may crush my goals. No, I'm kidding. So what do you think it means for somebody to live, like, a healthy daily life? Like, what, what should they do on a daily basis? Wake up. Move your body. Mm -hmm. Drink some water. Eat the food that you like. Move your body some more. Mm -hmm. Love a lot. Yeah. And do something that really allows you to have fun. I mean, it's that. It's really that loose. Of course, if you eat something and it makes you feel awful, don't eat it. Right. But at the same time, the energy of life is so without these borders needed that we really have to be much more... Um, we have to allow for the messiness. I'm going to say that word messy again, right. but we have to allow for it because we're in this constant drive to not be messy at all. Right. And yet, look at us. We're bags of bones. Literally, we're a bag of skin with bones inside and mush, right? Right. And, and feelings. That's it. That's really it. So you have, to, you have to find what makes you happy, not what you're told makes you happy. That's one of the biggest problems I see with um, emotional illness and physical illness. So how do you find what makes you happy? you got to live life and figure it out. Experiment. That's it. I, I would never like the word journey, but it's a freaking journey. I mean, that's, just, right. <laughs> that's the way it is. Um, you have to really experiment. You have to figure out what that is because there are certain things that we do for survival we don't realize is survival. Okay. Whether it's be the way your parents tell you to do or be the way you need to be to survive considering whatever your upbringing is. And then, of course... Are you male or female? Are you a marginalized group? Were you born with health issues? Like trying to find what makes you happy also changes. You can be perfectly happy with being a lawyer for a very long time and then decide you're not going to do it anymore. Right. So how did your journey go from, so you're a chef, mm -hmm. and then of course like this type of gift that you're given. Yes. It's not going to stop. No, and I've always <laughs> had it. I've always had it as well. Um, I was, I got to a point where I just could not do it anymore. It was, um, you know, 30 years is a long time to do anything. Yeah, it is. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're going to, yes, you're going to grow beyond it. Yes, and also the body did not want me to do it anymore. I have shoulder things from repetitive chopping for 30 years. I have my ankles. It's funny, my knees are okay, my ankles are a mess because it's just standing all the time. Right. And also the level of tired that I get is much faster than it used to be just because the body was no more. Mm. If, you, if you push yourself and don't listen to the body, eventually it's gonna make, make you sick. Right? Yeah, like I tackle with chronic fatigue because I didn't listen. And when I lived the chef's life, I lived the chef's life. Right. I was out late, partied, ate all the things. I did everything that came along with that sort of level of stardom. I don't regret a minute of it, but I am paying for it now. <laughs> Goodness. So I kind of want to dive into this topic because I know that there's a particular audience who could really hear this and sure. could really use this. What was it like for you growing up and having this gift and not, I guess, just having the gift? Like, what was it like growing up? It was weird. I was definitely a weird kid. I would say I realized I had it the moment I realized that nobody else did. When was that? Five or six. So you're really young. It was really young. Yeah. yeah. Um, it didn't change it from coming in, but it made, I, I could not get over as a very young person 
decisions adults made. <laughs> uh, at the moment, I, I would call it, I was smarter than them, but it's not that, obviously. Right. But it was definitely, it was so apparent at certain points. You know, like, why would you ever do that when you knew that that was going to be the outcome? Because you, you come into the world and you assume everybody's like you in your house. Right. Ideally, until you sort of grow up. And as many people do, you just don't feel like you're with the right family sometimes. You're like, they sent me to the wrong planet. Now what are we doing, <laughs> right? Um, so it was very much like that. And I kept it up in, in me, like I could feel it. And then as I got older, I just went ahead and did the things I was supposed to do. I was supposed to find a career. I was supposed to get schooling for it. I was supposed to be as ambitious as possible. Mm -hmm. And then sooner or later, it's, it's part of me. I can't get rid of it. Right. It happened. Like, it was like, enough is enough. Right. And I found myself in my late 40s with a single with a small child having to do work. And it was the only thing I was qualified to do other than cook. Mm -hmm. So if I was a kid or like a teenager mm -hmm. or an adolescent, what would you tell me if I had gifts and I felt isolated? And you thought what? And I felt isolated. Oh, and you felt isolated. Yeah. Um, I think first and foremost, we're at a time where we're very lucky because we have communities that are outside of our immediate. Yes. When I was young, I did not have that. And also, I would look towards adults that you trust that are outside of your immediate family. Okay. Because inevitably, something brings somebody in your perimeter that understands what, what it is. Mm -hmm. Even if it's somebody you least expect, they see you. Right. Being seen is of the utmost importance. I would also, whatever that thing is that you feel you have to do, is it writing, is it drawing, move towards that because every single adult or every single human is creative. We just do not allow for it in this world. Fascinating. Every single one. Every businessman I've ever met when I spoke to them, because I do work with a lot of CEOs on like business projections. Right. If I sat down and said, we need to think about this more creatively. Well, I'm not a creative person. I'm like, actually, you are. Because business, we only put numbers in rows and columns. Business does not go that way because it's, it's negotiation between people. Right. It's very organic. So anything creative will help trigger lack of isolation because other humans understand your creativity. No matter what it is. Is it music? Is it, I don't know, it could be anything. But if we have that, somebody's going to say something to be able to reach out to do something. Also, what I find, even if somebody is dyslexic, mm -hmm. write even if it doesn't make sense, because there is something inherently that triggers everything else that's going on in your life. Yes. Yes. That's really It takes you out of like a slumber when you feel like you have to knock things off and you cannot be yourself. Right. Yeah. Those are all really good points. I feel like sometimes it can be challenging. You know, you feel like you don't fit in or you just know things and people say comments back to you and you're just like, but I know this. And they're like, no, you don't know it. You're a kid. And you're like, no, like, I know, no, I know this. this. Of course. And yet you're powerless, but you have to put your power in other ways because, you know, I mean, I hate to say it sounds very trite, but like it gets better. Right. And for some people it can be in very troubled waters. Do find that adult. Mm -hmm. that sees you for, even if they don't understand what it is you're saying, they know you need a safe space. Right. And that's really important, especially for the hyperintuitive child. Also, many of us are hyperintuitive because we've already been through trauma at a young age. 
-hmm. and that always ignites because that's part of your survival being in tune with everything around you so it doesn't happen again yes yes so how important is it believing in it right like believing for in this me? gift and yeah <laughs> for you in general like i i, feel, I gotta believe in it <laughs> right like i feel like um i feel like sometimes we may not believe what we're sensing or that's what we're true. hearing that's you know? true and i do tell i do tell clients who want to come to me and they say but i don't believe in it i said don't worry about it i do right. so then one of us in the room believes in it we're kind of okay i'm still going to read you and you're still going to flip out a little bit or you're not going to understand anything i'm saying until about an hour or a day later Right. Because you need to sort of be away from it for a minute to be like, oh my God. I get that a lot, by the way. Do you record your sessions? I make sure everybody records the Perfect. session. I want them to have it because we do not remember everything. Right. The lilt of a voice can mean something very different. Right. And when you hear something in the immediate, it can be very emotional. And then you hear it later and you're like, oh God, that's what she said. Right. Yeah. So what's your favorite part about the work that you do? I like the connectivity. I love that. I love, I love sitting in front of somebody. Also, there's a state that happens with me, and I could meet somebody in, a, in the moment, shake hands, and we're about to go sit down together, right, and into the room and sit down together for reading. And I can automatically have Heather walking down the street judgment. Mm. And no matter what I do, I have to check my ego at that door and sit down and look at them purely. Mm. And I notice it changes everything in me. It makes me a clear reader, of course. Right. You cannot judge anybody. You don't know what you're going to walk into when I start to read. Right. As a person, I can't, right? But there's this really beautiful thing that happens that makes me not defensive with this person. Mm -hmm. And that moment in which I can sort of see them, I love that. I love that. I also love the fact that it always comes around. It's the email a year later. Right. It's the check-in. It's suddenly somebody referring somebody else. Because for a lot of us who do this work, we don't. You, you may come to me and and feel that I'm amazing, but I may never hear back from you because you don't need another reading for a while. Right. Or you may move, or you may find somebody else for another time for you that you want to try. It's nothing personal. It's just part of the work. So when I when it comes around in some way, I find that extraordinary. Yes. Yeah. So, I'm really interested in mediumship yes. and like all, how all of this works. What's your belief when it comes to, I guess, like when people pass on? And also, how do you feel about being somebody who is capable of consoling people in a way, right? Like, yes. I, I like to think of it as it's a beautiful gift yeah. to be able to give somebody what, like, you know, someone's coming to you and they, they might have experienced such a loss. Yes. And you're there as... Something else for that, you know? Yes. Well, first of all, I will. I rarely, unless I really feel it's important or there's a certain situation, immediately after a passing, I will rarely read the person. Right. Because that's a lot. Um, they need to be a little bit clearer and, and have a little bit of a different stage of grief. Yes. Um, where was I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> I got into that moment, sorry. Um, about it being consoling? Yes. Yeah, I think it's great. I get consoled when other readers read me, even though, you know, I know where my grandmother is at any given time or any of my friends that have passed. But I love it that it shows up with somebody else, and I love it that I can give it back to the person because there's always not just, yes, your grandmother's here, which some people only need to hear me say that, and I could be, anyone could be saying that. Right. But there's also always a confirmation, and I love that moment 
it's it's it is the consoling part of it it can be me describing what she wore on the day that person graduated from college it could be a saying in any language a language I don't know comes out of my mouth and that is the language that they that they spoke to each other it could be food I could smell something in the immediate I'm like, is it me or do you smell rice and beans? And the other person's like, I don't smell anything. I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's the rice and beans. <laughs> right. Yeah, that sort of thing. I think it's a beautiful thing. I do, I do express, as I said earlier, not to move into it too quickly after grieving, right. because it is a very heavy thing to experience, um, and really, that a time is to collect for ourselves. Yes. Yeah. And so I like to believe that yes. whenever I think of my grandma, my grandpa, or anyone that has been close to me that's passed on, that it's like calling them. Yeah. It's like sending them over. It is. It really is. And so another thing I like to believe, and this is kind of what I've learned too, it's like sometimes they might be communicating back with me, but I just think I'm thinking my own thought. But it's really them answering a question that I might be asking or saying. Yeah. Well, that's a big thing. That's a very good point to bring up. It is about that, and it is them being present, and it is really us sort of saying to ourselves, like, I really have to believe that. Right. Because it may sound like your own voice. It also gives you more, it gives you more wealth in a way. You know, it gives you more quality of life. If you're like, every time I think of them, it's actually them coming to me. Every time I dream of them, they're actually showing up. Because why not? We don't know any, we don't know the real difference here. We don't have tangible proof, except for people like me who will tell you that it's true. Right. But we have moments of truth because there's only so much coincidence that could actually happen that you don't understand the connection for. Right. Or it's like when you decide to go to sleep at night and you're like, like, let's say it was a, a parent that passed away and you're like, will you please just be here with me tonight? And then they're in your dream. Yes. They're in your dream because you ask them to Absolutely. Be, or know? you get something the minute you wake up. Right. You know, you find the brooch or you get the call. Right. Or you have an answer to something you've really needed an answer for for a long time. All those things come up that way. Definitely. And so like all of this, the work that you do and this topic and books like Journey Journey to Souls by Michael Newton and things like that, like for me, it just helps me feel so much more comfortable that the fact that my relationship with somebody that I love doesn't end when they're gone. No. Like I guess I still talk to my grandma. She passed away when I was three. Like I still talk to her. And it didn't start here either. It started lifetimes ago. So you always come back in different at different iterations. Sometimes you don't see somebody for a while. Sometimes they're just your librarian in one life, and then they go on to be your mother in the next. It's it's very, it's very arbitrary in many ways. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. So cool. So if somebody was gonna have a session with you, what does it look like? Well, much like I said earlier, yes. I, I sit down, I have that moment, uh, I sort of give them the rundown. I let them know also not to be alarmed. I tend to tear up when I read, Okay. Um, and it doesn't mean anything bad, it's the way the energy moves through me. And on the other side of that, if I don't tear up, it's no less of a reading, because I get that question a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I do tend to, throughout the reading, I'll always start what I call the state of the nation. I do sort of sort of scan the body, I let them know what's going on, and then it begins to sort of tap me into their emotional state at the moment, and then the bigger issues come in, or bigger facts come in. Is there money coming in? Are you having marital issues? Mm-hmm. How are your kids? Are you having kids? All the other things that tend to come in, whatever you're meant to hear. That's so awesome. And that's how it happens. And do you do all your ses- sessions in person, or are any of them online? Oh no, I do a lot online, because I have a lot of people all over the world oh, that's awesome. at this point. So I can do it on the phone, I can do a video. 
I do obviously in person. I'm in New York City. So. Yeah. yeah, I'm like sitting here like, hmm, there's a whole bunch of people I know. I want to come visit you. I want to get a reading done. I want to know what's going on. Absolutely. Awesome. I'm here. Was there anything else that you wanted to share with us today? I don't think so. I don't think so. I do a lot of group readings. That's good. My website is heathercarlucci.com. And I do, I do do a daily channel, or somewhat daily, channeled reading on Instagram every day. Perfect. Ish. Um, yeah, and it's it's spirit writing. So I pick an image or a video and whatever goes with it and I type away. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And what's your Instagram? Heather Carlucci Medium. Awesome. So I'm going to put both those links, your website and your Instagram in the show description. Wonderful. Was there Are there any other links? No, I think that's kind of it. I just have my website and I have that. That's awesome. Should I have more? No. Okay. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Um, but the work you do, I love what you do. Thank you. I think you. it's so awesome. And like, you know, for me also, it's an inspiration of like, if I was, it's never too late to start something. No, it's not. It really isn't. And I, one of the things that, that really hung heavily on me was my age. And then two things sort of happened. One, the appointments are coming in. And two, a friend of mine who works with Tim Gunn from Project Runway told me that he did not get his big start until he was 52. And at that point, I was not 52 yet. So. Right, you had time. <laughs> I was like, well, Tim can do it. I can do it. Right. <laughs> yeah, such yeah. an inspiration. Thank like, you. Truly an inspiration. And I just love always meeting people who, when they start trusting in spirit and they open up to it, and then, like, it just unfolds. And it does unfold. It does unfold. We do, I do tell people, though, and sort of as a, just a cautionary thing, be careful. There are a lot of people who walk into this with not a lot of, you know, experience, and they may be extremely intuitive, but it is a lot to hold space for people who may have very extreme reactions. You do have to be careful how you deliver information, yes. and there are a lot of people who do not do that because you have to remember it is people are opening up to you. They're trusting you. Sometimes they're putting out money they don't they can't have easily. It is a big thing. You're dealing with the one big, you're getting information for a lot of people from the idea of death. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not a light thing to carry. So I do say if you're looking for somebody, make sure that they have experience in just time spent and also that they speak your language. You know, lots of people say, I really like you, but you're not my person. And I'm like, well, let's find you your person. Is it your culture? Is it anything? And other people come to me, I'm shocked. And they're like, I like you, you're my age. You know? Right. <laughs> or I like you, you curse a lot. You know, it, it depends on what it is and how it works for you. So do, do make sure that you hold space with people that will allow you to sort of have that moment. Yes. And real quick. Yes. Um, how do you clear your energy and like keep yourself good? Oh, that's a doozy. Um, I'm always near water. Uh, it's a shower. It's going for a float. I'm big on floats. Also, if I ask myself, does this matter? Usually the answer is no. Perfect. And it releases a lot of other people's energy. Yeah. I love that one. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm going to include all the links in the show notes, so check those out. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you. This was wonderful.
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast episode. I appreciate you. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate your time. And if there's anybody that you think would love this episode, please share it with them. And of course, go ahead and leave a review for this podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day and we'll talk soon. Bye.